Hello and welcome to another installment of Systems Within Systems Presents The Way of Violent Realization. So, I don't know if you guys know, but uh, Ben, Sifu, and I have been working on a book. Uh, a book about, essentially, everything that we've so far discussed. Um, today, we're going to talk a little bit about consciousness, which is the focus of Chapter 1, and kind of a foundation point for a lot of where all of this comes from. So, Ben... What about consciousness do you feel like talking about today? Uh, I guess, so last time, see if we talked about the uh, the many voices, and there's a lot of overlap with everything we talk about with the Kung Fu and the philosophy. So within the many voices, um, for the sake of consciousness, we have what we call the voice of essence. Like that's the term we used in the writings anyway. And that's that, um, what I would call uh, your root voice, that's a roost, that, that voice that attaches to creation or essence. So you, you have your, your consciousness, have your mind, and you're in, energetically you're in the mix. So the universe around you, everything is connected energetically, and it's that voice of essence that allows you to tap into it allows you to connect to it and potentially do something with it. So voice of essence, if you allow it to, and if you work on getting yourself to hear it properly, it can be your guide. You know, I don't want to use the term as like your conscience, but it can, it can guide you into the decision you need to make. I'm not trying to put right and wrong, incorrect, correct, and not in that terms but just for the sake of your own development and growth, that voice guides you in the direction that it feels you need to go to progress. So growth, creation, movement. Yes. It's all in the motion and the movement. And the voice of essence keeps you on that path of movement. So we talk a bit about emptiness here, right. and that comes up every so often. So... I would imagine you have to have a level of, of emptiness, and by emptiness, uh, we mean free of preconception and free of, uh, oh man, I can't think of the word. Attachments and emotional attachments and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Is that, is that what you're talking about? Pretty much. Pretty okay. much. Okay. So, you, I would imagine you have to come at listening to, because with many voices, which is what we're focusing on today. The voice of essence certainly isn't the only voice no. that you're listening to. I would imagine that you have to come at that empty to find the voice of essence and begin to listen to it. All of your, all of your many voices, they're all just different aspects of your personality. And they attach to different things energetically and emotionally. So there's a part of you that loves your girlfriend. There's a part of you that's really attracted to this other girl. There's a part of you that wants to do this job. There's a part of you that hates every other aspect of that job. And all of these things are at odds with each other, and it depends, you know, who's at the helm sometimes, you know. And what happens, so you have all the, the reference Sifu likes to tell. He's just like, look, why do, why do people end up being unfaithful? Because they get themselves on ground they're weak on. They get, the, they get themselves in a situation. So, and I'm not going to use you as an example, but if you just take a guy, and he's been with his wife or his girlfriend for, you know, 15 years, let's say, and he finds himself in a hotel room with someone else he's very, very attracted to, and everything in his, like, oh, you should leave. You should leave because of this. You should leave because of that. You should leave because of this. And... But the voice that ends up taking the helm is the, one, the only voice telling him to stay. And that, that voice comes in and goes, this could be cool. And the guy's like, oh, okay. And he ends up riding that wave instead of listening to all the other voices. And the voice of essence, so all these other voices have an emotional or energetic attachment to things in our lives. The voice of essence doesn't. The voice of it, it's... 
because it's it's part of creation. It doesn't have any attachments to anything other than what is essentially pure. It doesn't it doesn't love you. It doesn't it when it does love it it there's no conditions on it. It's like you're 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 you. That's it. So when it gives you direction, it's coming from, for lack of a better explanation, uh, it's pure. It's empty. It doesn't have an agenda. Let me put it that way. It doesn't expect anything. Right. So, <laughs> well, I know we, we spent a lot of time talking and thinking and writing about this, but it's, it's easier... Uh, at least for me to write because you know you have that whole editing process you're like let me put it down on the page okay half of this is I good can, let me <laughs> I can look at it and I, yeah. can, I can go and I can type a sentence and look and say that's not right there we go that's what I mean Sifu the voice of essence how do I begin to listen to it and how do I know I'm listening properly well when you talk about um Essence. Essence is really about maintaining. Maintaining and remembering. So when you talk about all the other voices that come into our lives and all the other things that are going on, and when you talk about emptiness, and we talked about empty faith and empty love before, to be able to maintain and, uh, and to have a, a, a direction of discipline in, in your life. When you first start to listen to the voices are all the voices and all the voices have something important to say the positive what you may think are positive what you may think are negative they all have an importance but what the the what the drawback or or the fallback is on is when we put ourselves in that voice because it is our wants that really cause all the problems in our lives so if you want something and you could want something so badly that uh, you never have the energy to get it. You never do what it takes to get it. And I suppose that's where certain individuals uh, uh, financially in the world uh, are so successful. A lot of people become more successful, uh, whatever they're going to do in their wants or what they want to do in their life uh, when they're in their college years because their life isn't as complicated. And as their life gets more complicated, they have to go out and get a job, they start a family, they do all those things. They have less and less time to, to venture into any type of business or any type of uh, entrepreneurial growth where they can uh, become successful in that. And, and it kind of dissipates and disappears. Uh, other people in the busyness of their lives or where their lives may be um, focus or get, want something so badly that they actually uh, can't achieve it. It actually cripples them. So when you when you think about when you're thinking about the uh, essence, well, the first thing you have to think about is uh, your wants. And the wants that come in are like what Ben was saying earlier about you know there's a billion reasons why you should leave that room, but there's only one th- one voice and one reason that you stay there. You know. And that is, it all comes down to your want. Because this is what you want. You know, it, it, it may be the wrong move. It may not be the right thing to do. It may be, you know, like now you have to go home and face your wife or your husband or your kids or your children. And all because of uh, a momentary lapse in reason, that people may call it. Momentary lapse in reason causes people to die, causes uh, families to be destroyed, causes tempers, causes all of these things. Because even in our arguments, when you're trying to prove something to a family member or whatever it is, you want them to see your side. And that's not the many voices. That's your wants. That's not essence. That's your wants. So if you really want to listen to that voice, you have to stop wanting. <laughs> and what that means is, is you can't just stop wanting. And that's where all the voices come in. You have to recognize where you are and the decisions that you make at that time. So if you walk in and you're angry at your 
boss, you don't walk in with a gun and you shoot him and you shoot 18 other people in the head because of those are your wants. And then in those wants, because you want them to get or you want vengeance or you want to show them that you were right or you want, even if you commit suicide because of too much credit card debt. Well, I want to take care of my family. The best way of doing that is to have my insurance policy and shoot myself in the head. But the family loses you in the process because it is wants. It is our wants that in our society, and where I say we're like Barracuda, you know, if you're a diver and you, dive, you jump into the water and you have shiny things on you, the Barracuda comes at you. They don't, they don't, they don't recognize that you have a, a diamond ring. They don't recognize that it's gold. They don't recognize that it's silver or something or just a piece of metal from your scuba gear. All they see is something shiny and they go after it and they go after it. You know, I don't know if anybody's seen barracudas, man. They're, they're really awesome fish, right? But when they come at you in a school, you're, you're in big doo-doo. And all they want is the shiny thing. It's not even food. Now, food is a, a we all want food, and we, we really have brought our food, our table, uh, into this whole artistic design of food. You know, I would, me personally, I'd rather sit down and have company with good friends and a great table set up where that's my stage, you know, where we're sitting and we're talking and paying attention to each other. I'd rather go there than actually sit for three hours in a movie or a play. That's why I tell everybody that sits with me, turn off your damn phones. Get rid of your iPads. I'm not going to sit here while you're texting. You know, if you catch me off guard, then okay, you got me. But once I see that, they say, you turn that thing off. Oh, it's my wife. I don't care who it is. We're sitting at the table. We're going to have a conversation. You don't be texting your wife or this, that, and the other thing. Unless, of course, she's homesick or something like that. Is she homesick? Usually, never. It's just like, oh, could you pick up some milk on the way home? Or the kid's doing it. No, we're sitting at the table and we're talking. You, you talk later. To me, that's the stage. You know, and the food is part of it. And, um, but again, that's a want. You know, we want for the certain ambiance. We want this, we want that. If you really want to start to listen to the voice of essence, you have to stop wanting to listen to it. You have to be open to it. And you have to recognize that your wants are all part of who and what you are. So, if you want to be successful, if you want to be a writer, if you want to be better at the martial arts, whatever it is, then you have to, you really have to, which is even more of a problem these days, have to take it out of the realm of fantasy and literally be able to pull out your sword and take action. So it may be in that room and you're with this girl that you're attracted to, but what brought you in that room in the first place? Did the flattery become somewhere along the line, it became more serious. It became something because you, you really do want the attention of this person. You really do want or physically are attracted to them. And then there's all these other voices. There's all this chemistry, depending on your age and where you're at at the time and how many hormones you got going on and what's happening or what's happening. You may have just had an argument or whatever it may be. There's all these things that come into play. But how did you get in that room in the first place? You know? There, again, is your wants. Now, that's not a bad thing. That's not a good thing. Because in that, you must recognize that you make the decisions. You have no one to blame but you. If you're not doing what it is that you should be doing, you talk to yourselves, right? You all talk to yourselves. And you give countless excuses of why you're not doing what you're doing. So therefore, you're your own worst enemy. All the voices get in your way. You can't shut them off. And you can't shut them off because you want to. So if you really are understanding what the consciousness of essence is, you, the voices are all are there. But if you want to achieve something, they all have to come and work together as a team. You have to be able to say yes to this and no to that. And... And, but also recognize that this voice or this emotion has its place. It has its voice. And you should also understand that you can listen to it, but doesn't mean that you have to act on it. 
And if you're crippled and not acting on things that you want to do, you can't blame anybody else. You can't blame your family. You can't blame your friends. You can't blame the way you were raised. You can't blame your chemical imbalance. You, it's all, you're, it's you. There's no excuses. It's either do or don't do. You know, and that's the whole idea we talk about when I talked about in our last podcast when we talked about movement. You must have movement. Now, there's phases and stages to everyone's life. And there's bad decisions and good decisions within those phases of life. You know, and that's just all part of the journey. But if you want to accomplish something through all of that, you have to be able to recognize that voice of essence, which is kind of, you know, uh, the idea of being, the idea of recognizing where you are, appreciating where you are, and taking action. But if you're not accomplishing things, you're not accomplishing things because you are in your way. And you can't blame anybody or anything, or even like your instability, because one voice says, hey, I want to do this. And, and then there's that day where you say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to lose weight. You know, I'm going to get out there and lose weight. I'm going to join the gym. I'm going to take this diet program. I'm going to watch these videos and I'm going to lose weight. And we all know that there are, I don't know anybody that's successful at it. Me personally, that says that are, that are already not in good shape or are heavy that actually lose. And then if they do lose weight, and you say, wow, you're looking great. Most of them, most of them end up putting the weight back on. They end up going right back to where they are. So it's like, I quit smoking. And they're smoking as they're telling you that. And I go, well, how, how did you quit smoking? Well, you didn't quit because you're smoking. Well, I, I, I did quit. I just that I'm smoking now. Uh, okay, that doesn't make any sense. That's a voice. That's your want. And we have all of these things we have to deal with in the mechanics of our brain. We have our pleasure centers. We have our escapes. People will eat because it makes them comfortable to, and when they're nervous and they eat. Other people will do other things. Other people will do this. And we don't realize that we're, we are machines. We are animals. We are machines. The essence, ah, that is what is stored within us. That is the endless possibilities of existence, both in the now and in the after. It's not designed to say, this is what this is, or this is where we're going. It's possibilities. And it gives you the idea of being here now to really move your vessel and to accomplish whatever possibilities are present in your life that you create. Create yourself. Create what you want to do. But instead, not I mean, everybody, I could talk to the guys that are right now in the room, talk to the world. We cripple ourselves from accomplishing anything. And we may accomplish something at a certain point because the balance at that time is right, whether we're in college or this, that, and the other thing. But we stop ourselves from progressing and doing anything we want to do. We get in our own way. And it is our wants that get in the way. Give you, you know, um, okay, simple. Right, now today, uh, this, these generations now, that everything's games and, and stuff now. So... Your need to go work out and you need to work on something that you're trying to do, you know, that's going to help you do. You, you need to edit the book. You guys need to edit the book, right? Let's say you got to edit the book, you know, but yet, you know, like, okay, so I have to sit down and write this part and then I have to call him and we got to get together and edit. And, and I know that's what I should do, but man, I just don't feel like doing it. Um, I feel, I feel kind of down today. I, I don't have the energy. I feel, you know, you know, like I, I, I feel a little depressed. I feel a little this. Uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to go watch TV. You know, better yet, no, I'm going to play a game. And you're gone. So was that a voice? Yes, it was. You know, was that a voice of reason? No, it wasn't. That was a voice of escape. The voice of reason, in essence, is, well, why do I feel that way? Why can't I get it? Hey, you know something? I do feel that way. I feel a little down. But I'm going to practice my discipline, get up and do it. Oh, well, but if I do that, I'm not really 
I'm not really creative. I'm forcing myself to do it. And that's your lie. That's the lie. That's where you're lying to yourself. Because once you get involved in what you're doing, fine. Hey, I don't want to have sex today with my wife. I don't, I don't want to go through all this stuff. And since it's all guys here, we'll say that. But we could say for the women who are listening to it, I don't want to have sex with him today. You know, blah, blah, blah. They can go through all that stuff or whatever it is. And then, like, she's laying next to you. You're not really into it. They're sitting there, blah. And all of a sudden, you get a little touchy-feely. Things, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, well, I guess I could do this. And you're somewhere, and then all of a sudden, like, you're winding into it, and you're like, whatever it is. And then there's, it wasn't so bad. Let's go out and, you know, have dinner now or whatever. You know, it, it, you got to get in the mix. You guys, like everyone else, can't do that. And the other voices win because your wants of, like, I'm not ready for this, I need to do this, they, they take you away. Or a person that walks in that focuses so much on something that happened negative to them or you know, uh, something that's not right in the world and by going in and shooting 100 people in McDonald's is going to change that, it doesn't. Because it's old news. You guys see how the news works. You know, you have one, two, three days, there's a terrible tragedy that happens and then something else replaces it and that's forgotten. doesn't matter that all these people, these kids were blown up in a building. Now they got something new to talk about and something new to talk about. It's the same old dance, just a different tune on the same tune and just a different dance. And we just forget. Essence does not forget. Essence is. It's being. It's, it's, it's being able to recognize all the voices and respect them. But it's also the ability to take action. To be able to take action and recognize that you make your own excuses. So when a voice says to you, hey, let's go play a game instead of doing what we're doing, know that's just an excuse. Don't sit there and say, oh, well, I need to be in the right frame of mind to make something happen. That's bull. You just con yourself. That's human race. So I am walking down the street, and there's this little girl getting beat up by this guy, and then he turns and he points a gun at me, and I can say, hey, wait, wait, wait a minute. You know, I'm not ready for this today. You know, I can't deal with this right now uh, because I'm very happy or very depressed, whatever's happening. I can't take action here. You, you have to wait. I, you, c- continue this tomorrow. And, then, you know, the guy says, so, yeah, boom, it blows you away and it keeps beating up the little girl or takes her and carries her away. You, you had no ability to take action, you know. But then all the adrenaline comes. You know, the worst enemy I have is fatigue. You know, fatigue's my worst enemy because, you know, I don't sleep much. I go to work and I'm sitting, I'm standing and I'm doing what I'm doing and I'm tired. You know, physically tired and at my job I have to physically work. It's like doing a sport activity without getting the sport money, you know. And I'm physically working there and doing these, doing these things and I'm tired. But when I have a couple of cups of coffee... You know, I'm doing this, I'm, 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 and I'm there for like a few hours, maybe three or four hours. I start perking up, and I'm into the, what I'm doing, and I feel fine. But the thing is, is that, you know, uh, what work does, uh, it kind of it kind of teaches you. Because, hey, man, I don't want to go to work, but I got to get up to work because I got to pay the bills, or I got to do what I got to do. I need a job, and it's not even about paying the bills anymore. It's just about... Now it's just gotten ridiculous. You know, now you have to work because if you don't work, you don't get insurance, you don't have coverage, you don't have all those things. And if you get sick and there's all these other things that come in, all this other stuff that happens why you do what you have to do. You know, basically, unless you're a multimillionaire, you know, you work to sustain. You work because it gives you, allows you to go out to a diner. It allows you to go out and buy tea. It allows you to have clothes. It allows you to have some shelter. And if you can make your shelter better where you're living, then you'll find. And there we could get into simplicity of how you design or what you design with, your, with yourself. You know, what you bring into the simplicity are the complications of your life. But we make it complicated. And if you want to single out an area in your life where you want to be successful then you have to be able to understand all those voices, understand them, and not let them control you. That's essence.
Because essence is what Ben was talking about. It's the center point. It's the focus point of you. And you may understand that you're not doing this or understand that you're doing that. And you may have days when you, you say, wait a minute, I'm going to listen to this other voice and I am going to play a game. But know why you're doing it. Know why you're in that room. Don't make an excuse that, oh, I, I'm, I'm not happy today. I'm not Because you're going to be that every day, depending on what your chemistry or what's going on. And now, you know, we have all these glitches, right? Now, <laughs> it seems like everybody, every kid that comes out that has something wrong, they have ADD, they have, they have Down syndrome, they have this, they, they, they have a possible brain disorder. They have, like, there's always all this stuff anymore. Like, gee, I wonder how I survived as a kid. I mean, you know, like, how did I survive? You know, like, how did I survive all of that? You know, but now there's all these things, and now people are throwing drugs at everybody, too. You know, this is what we saw. We got to fit everybody in our box. Everybody's got to fit in the glove box. So, when you want to listen to the right voice, you know, you have to listen to the voice that takes action. You know, and it should be positive action. A wrong voice would be like a guy that takes action, goes into a McDonald's, and shoots people in the head. That that's not the right voice. That's just insane. But for the most part, we're not. Most people aren't insane. You know, like you get, you get angry. People have tempers and they do terrible things in that temper. Like you shouldn't have an argument with a gun in your hand. <laughs> you know, because if you're really mad at somebody and you're yelling at them, you shouldn't have a gun handy because you may do something very stupid. And I didn't mean to shoot the guy, but I, you know, well, well why'd you shoot him 18 times? Because I was angry, you know, but I didn't really mean to shoot him. And that's a different scenario. But if you have like an agenda, premeditative, like I'm walking in and I'm going to shoot a hundred people because of whatever right there is. Well, sometimes I guess that may generate change in a society or whatever it may be. And that's maybe all the process of the systems within systems of life. But individually, we're talking here. We're talking about you as an individual. We're not talking about changing the world. We're not talking about changing someone else. We're talking about and to the listeners and to you guys, we're talking about you. Not the effects that you have or the, the things that terrible things or good things you may do to people or what the reasons that we're talking about you. You. That's essence. Your essence, your being, and how well you are listening to that and the many voices in. Right. Yeah, man, I gotta this is something I've been, I've been dealing with stuff for a long time. And you walked me through a lot of this a number of years ago. And you touched on recognizing and understanding. And one of the hardest parts about the many voices that, you know, I still deal with was... We all do. Yeah. Well, you know, well, that's the point. It doesn't go away. Well, that's just it. You're talking about, like, sometimes you hear <clears throat> the voice, but just hearing the voice is a battle in itself. Yeah. I want to talk about, you, you would always quote Nietzsche, and he was like, be careful what you cast out of you. Be careful the demons you cast out. They may be the best things about you. Yes. And so when I was younger, like, where I'm at now, I'm like, I'm unrecognizable to who I was a decade ago. And that, I feel, is normal. But, you know, when I came into the school, I had all these voices and all these different attachments, but I couldn't understand them. Yeah. I didn't know what they were. So when you hear these voices... It's just, it's not noise. It's worse than noise. Different aspects of your personality. Yeah, like, but all these different per aspects of my personality are coming at me in every different direction, and they're pulling me in six different ways. So it's like you're emotionally and energetically being pulled apart by horses. And it's, for lack of a better word, it's, it's, it's internally torturous. Yeah, it's horrible what people go through. That's a, well, the whole reason the podcast or what I'm doing yeah. is I hate to see mine suffer. Yes. You know? my, I guess if I have a question, my question is how do you start to take those voices that are unintelligible and demonic and start to have, start to listen to them in such a way that they become your teachers? Because that's what you've trained me to do, but my own process is not, I can't articulate it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, when, you, when you're looking at anything that is has a negative influence on your life or a negative influence on other people's lives is usually your teacher. And that teacher that, that you have can either cause you to take negative action or do some terrible things 
or you need to recognize what that teacher is saying saying to you because what it is it's generating a weakness that's in your personality and your character okay and it takes advantage of that yeah so at that point it's not your teacher it is your teacher but it's also your demon it's got to stop you from doing it so you know that your inability to take action in certain things and your inability to do this or why you do something negatively in your own life talking as an individual yeah like what you want to accomplish in yourself um you need to first understand it you need to recognize that this is here you need to see that this is this is me you can't say i'm better than this voice or i'm going to train it or i'm going to defeat it or i'm going to be better than it you have to first accept it so you gotta be like this this is an aspect of me this is a part of me exactly you and gotta we try see it for what it is and, and that's, that's a that's, that's a the beginning okay that's the beginning it's kind of like a an alcoholic right. and we'll just bring that up as an alcoholic because i remember as a kid and you know dealing with a lot of alcoholics in my lifetime you know like it's like you first order to accomplish not becoming an alcoholic you have to recognize that you're an alcoholic now look at the the, the thing of that just the concept of just an individual so if you know, once you recognize that you are truly an alcoholic, you really accept it, mm. which is the most difficult. You may say, hey, I'm an alcoholic, but you don't really accept it. You just say, I'm an alcoholic. You know, you know it, you drink, you do it, you got to do whatever it is, but you really don't, you don't really conceptualize it. You don't know because a true alcoholic, when he recognizes or she recognizes that they're really an alcoholic, knows that they can never ever have a drink again ever they can't sit down and have a little sip of wine they can't sit down and have a shot they can't sit down and go over a friend and be and have a social they know when they really come into and conceptualize that i am an alcoholic they know that they cannot have a drink on any level on yep. any scale so an alcoholic will say to you i haven't drank in 15 years I haven't drank in 20 years. That's an amazing feat. When they say they haven't drank, that means that they haven't had a sip of beer. They haven't had anything because they first recognize that, hey man, if I do, I forget that I had that sip. And I go, I have to really recognize that I can, it, to me, it, that's, it's become a poison. Mm. And it destroys my family, it destroys me, and it destroys everyone that's around me. And I, and it, I just, as an individual, I just don't want to do that anymore. Right. And so you first have to recognize that these voices are part of who you are. You can't just simply shut them down. Yeah. You can't simply say, hey, man, I'm depressed all the time, um, and I don't know why. It's this reason. It's that reason. It's that. You don't know your dragon. Your dragon is your nature. It's your personality. It's everything that you are, whatever glitches you may have in your in your brain functions, whatever glitches you have in your chemistry, how you were raised, the environment you were raised in, it's your dragon. You can't mm. shut that off. That's Nietzsche. That's Nietzsche, what Nietzsche says, you know, be careful of the demons you cast out of you because they could be the best things about you because they make you. The reason people like you and you resonate with certain people is because they like those demons. <laughs> they like what you're about. They like yeah. what you're representing. They like being around it. I seem to attract very dark people you know what i mean is is people that are dealing with things and they all come to me all you guys come to me and say oh man you know i have this that. and i think it's great that's great because it's waking you up it's like saying well you have something to, to to challenge yourself with i mean and then when you recognize hey i have wants okay if you have a want to be successful then you have to make certain whatever level of that success may be right you want to be a writer you want to be an entrepreneur. You can't let things get in the way of it. You have to come, but you have to recognize that those things are all a part of you as well. And what we want to do is we want to dismiss them. We want to shut them off. We want to pretend they don't exist. Or we want to be at a certain point where it doesn't affect me anymore. And that's the mistake. That's, that's the problem. And then when you recognize, hey, wait, I am an alcoholic. I don't need to, that drink. It's... Oh, hey, you recognize me. Here I am. Okay, so let's work together. 
But as long as you keep drinking that drink and anything that you do, and anything that you do, you will not recognize your teacher, you will not recognize that aspect of your personality, and you will not, as you say, when, uh, when you're standing in front of me, that gravity well. Yeah. That just draws in. That just You want all of you. Yeah. You know, essence is about all of you guys. It's, it's about you, all of you. It's all those things. It's everything you are and recognizing it. That voice doesn't necessarily is a bad thing. It's just, it's annoying. <laughs> and it, it's a yeah. part of who you are. You need to see that and stop making excuses of why you don't do what you do. Because the voice, that's, that's your Achilles heel. Yeah, it just feels like... For just the sake of imagery, you have this, you have this choir, and as the director, you're like, I want to get rid of half of these guys, because they're all insane. But you can't get rid of any of them. You can't get rid of any of them. Like, okay, it's a community choir. We have to accept everyone here. But like, this guy's gonna kill this guy. This guy drives this guy nuts. And these women hate each other. And half but they're of them are out of key. Yeah, but that's the thing. <laughs> the the discipline is getting everyone to work together. Whether they want to or not. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like an orchestra tuning up. Yeah. And they're all doing the separate things. And then the conductor, it's amazing, right? Like and the this. conductor taps his stick and he brings them all together. And if a person is off timing or off that, you'll hear it in the whole group. And the idea is, what does he have to do? He has to work with that person. Mm -hmm. You know, he has to make that person recognize something or the person. It's like a basketball player that is a superstar. Yeah. And he's better than every basketball player on that team. But yet, he doesn't play as a team. He's always hogging the ball. He's always taking the shots. And the team just keeps losing. You know? And that's not... Well, you have to work as a team. So, hey, man, this guy is a little bit faster. This guy, but this guy has all the skills. But you've got to pass the ball if you want to win the game. You've got to work with your team. You've got to utilize the rest of what you have. Yes. And that is the many voices. That is... And all comes back to your essence. You can't just say... I'm getting rid of this guy. Because you don't. It's always there. Just like an alcoholic knows that I am always an alcoholic. And I know if I have a drink, it's going to just destroy me. Right. I understand the presence. All those personalities are a part of you. And they're all great. Yes. They are In all great. Way. They all have something to say. And they all have a means of teaching you. You know? And you have to work with them. You know, they... Everything has to move with you. You're your universe. You're your planet. You know, you can't change the world, and you wonder why, and you, and you see things, but you could change an individual. You could work with an individual. You know why? Because individual, as an individual, you're important. You're important. So I don't try to change the world. You know, I just talk to individuals. Because to me, if you help an individual to see something about themselves, you're changing the world. You're changing their world. And that is important to me. That is my, my thing, I guess, of just giving what life has given back to me. You can't change the way that the world is. But an individual suffering, an individual not accomplishing, an individual not, and they're sitting, that's important. And whether it's a small group of individuals or people that help and talk to one another and whatever it may be, that's all great. But the real power is recognizing each individual as a universe. And that universe is important. Not the universe in itself and world peace. Yeah, I, I would love to see world peace. And I would love to see love, peace, and understanding. I would love that on this planet. I don't understand why we don't have it. I do, because we're all barracudas. But <laughs> I, I, I do, I would be nice to see it. And you've got any parent or anybody that who's in a world-torn country or third-world country or here, most people, 98% of the people, when they give her, don't want to send their children into wars, don't want to see their children hurt, don't want to, they want to see peace. But we're so busy with our hatred that we don't even recognize where it's coming from. And there, again, it's the barracuda, get out of my way, our jealousies. That's just all part of the human condition. But we can rise above it, as we said earlier, you know, to become greater than the sum of your parts is to understand them. 
not to discard them. You know, so when you're thinking about essence, when you're thinking about creative, we can do a whole discussion on, on, on my point of view of creation and what that is and what those voices are. There is that center of creation. There's that center of self that we are in the process of always moving, of being in the process of, of motion. And if your words are crippling you, then, then that's the mistake we make. And they're crippling you because you're waiting for it to go away. You're waiting to become better than it. And that's its power. It's like mythology, in the mythology of Satan. You know, and you talk about Satan. Satan's greatest power is that you don't believe in him. You don't recognize him as being there. You don't, reckon, you don't see it. And therefore, he insidiously comes in. But that's us. That's what's inside of us. That's what we are. And the other aspect of the mythology of, of, of Satan was that he loved God so much that God cast him into hell because he couldn't stand what God created as far as humans that are just ignoring and spite. Angels don't do that. And, and so and Satan didn't like it. So he said, so he still loves God. He just hates us. <laughs> you know, and he's got to prove to God that, you know, like he's just got to, and all of these things and all of the mythologies and everything that comes out is really to teach us about us. So we will use different examples, but the excuses and what we do, and if you really want to move, you have to recognize that you are a universe, a universe of voices that connects from the beginning of time to now, from where you are now. And time is relevant to wherever you are and wherever you're standing. So what are you doing with it? That's the real thing. What are you doing with it? What are you accomplishing in your own being? How are you measuring, or if you're measuring anything? Are you measuring love? Are you measuring your greatness by who you impress? Or are you just being who you are? Do you recognize you? And therefore, that's real. That's, that's depth. That's, that's your gravity well. Nothing... It, you're not measured by the respect you get from anyone or the impressed thing. You are you. No one could take that from you. You know? And no venue of material wealth, want, political position, fame, fortune will mean nothing to the essence because it really does. It really doesn't mean anything to the essence. It's how you move and have motion in, in the game that you're in the, what you're creating so you can't deny it you can't just wait for it to heal or get better you have to recognize that it's a part of you you gotta like who you are all the things that you think are negative all the, and you gotta like it and you gotta move with it you gotta take it with you so when you sit down say you guys wanna write we'll pick on you guys you wanna write <laughs> I wanna write today you're waiting for a good day to write. You're waiting to be inspired. You're waiting to have, oh, you know, my girl yelled at me, uh, my job, my car broke down, this, that, and the other thing. And whatever it may, oh, I feel tired or depressed today. You know, this or whatever it is. And, you, you know, you're waiting for that perfect opportunity to write. You're not taking you with you. You're just, you want to wait till all of you are gone so you could just work on this one part, that, this creative part. But the key is, having that creative part with all of that. There are days when you should rest. You have to know, you know, like, I'm not going to work out today because my knee is bad. You know, oh, no, I got to work out. You know, fixation's not good either because then you missed your target. <clears throat> there has to be, you have to discover your own balance. But it all has to be together. Right. You know, it all has to move together. So, you know, there are, like, say, during the week, you write maybe 15 minutes that whole week. Well, that's because you guys are boneheads. You know, because you're letting everything else get in the way. You're letting all of that, you're waiting for everything to filter out before you can actually write. Instead of recognizing, hey, hey, you know, this part of this voice saying, uh, you know, I need to be here, this other voice, this, hey, hey guys, you know, making, you know, let's all go together. 
<laughs> Come on, let's all let's all, let's all do this together. Let's all sit down and we'll you're you're here, you're here, you're Joe, you're here, Sam, you're here, Sally, you're here. Uh, you know, Sybil, you know, you're all here. You know, Sybil was this old, yeah, yeah. all the voices come in. You're all here, let's go sit down, we'll write together. Because they're all a part of you. And when you write, that all comes out of you. And they all have something to say. And your essence, you, your universe, who you are, um, brings them all together to, to, to pull it all out, you know? So sometimes you need to take action with all of them. And you have to recognize that, you know, that, you need to move. But you can't turn it off. And you have to know what action to take. If you get mad at somebody in your family, you don't pick up a hammer and hit him in the head with it. You know, you know that's improper action. You know, though you may premeditative is a little bit different because you're either one, I have, eventually I'm gonna die for what I believe in, or two, maybe I can get away with this. <laughs> You know, you know, maybe there's a way I could get away with, with doing this. I was temporarily insane or whatever it is. And, you know, for that stuff, you go to jail. But, <clears throat> or you injure other people. You know, the sad thing is uh, I, I teach combat. And it's really a sad thing to teach because I teach people how to protect themselves or how to deal with combat situations. And it's a shame that we live in a world where you have to do that. You know, I remember this one incident and we can end it with this story or if you want to add something, Ben, to the end of it. But I was in a 7-Eleven, you know, and uh, uh, these three, uh, three guys, two, two guys walked in, younger guys, and uh, another guy was older and this very tall, tall woman. And I could tell they weren't from the area. They were from out of town. And I was in the 7-Eleven, and there was another guy that I worked with that was in there who was a giant and was scared to death of what's going on. And there was a guy in, uh, behind the counter, and there was a racial thing between the two of them. You could just tell that they didn't like each other because one person came from one race and one person came from the other culturally or whatever it was, right? So I saw a problem happening here, and uh, I realized that these guys are actually out of town, they probably want to rob the place, but they're trying to scare everybody. One of the guys approached me and said, hey man, you know, you got any money? And I busted his chops and said, I ain't giving you any money. And I just handed it from a street perspective. But I knew there was trouble. So actually, uh, then one of the guys left, went out to the car, came back in, and uh, he had a sweat jacket on, like a, like, you know, like a whatever it was. And I could see like in the front with the two pockets, now there was weight to it. So he went back and apparently he brought a gun back in. I was assuming it was a gun. And I went, okay, I can leave and not do anything or I could do something. So uh, one of the lessons I had there uh, was uh, if you're gonna fill up your cup with hot water, make sure you double, you double cup it, <laughs> you know, because you don't know how long it is. So I pretended I was getting coffee, but I actually filled up a large cup of just hot boiling water. And I got behind these two guys, and the older fella with this woman was on the other end of the counter. And I just stood there. My hands were burning. <laughs> and I said, okay, this was a faux pas. So I learned something there, right? My game plan was is that when he pulls out the gun, I was going to say, hey, he's got to react. And then I was just going to throw the water, and then I would take them out. You know, I would just... Do that, but I was trying. To, the idea with the water was a diversion; it would hurt, hmm. and maybe I can do things, right? But I also saw it play out. Either the person behind the counter was going to get shot, most likely not. The gunplay would have turned because people aren't very. These guys, you could tell, weren't experienced with a the gun; they were just violent. Probably would have turned and shot his friend or the man next to him in the process of me throwing the water on him, and. Um, I had a problem with that. I was standing there and I saw this play out. And I went, no matter what happens here, you know, uh, I'm not gonna be able to stop somebody from getting hurt. And the other thing is, is that I have to take myself out of the game and take action. And the action I'm gonna take, because there's a gun involved and other people, I have no idea what the other people are capable of and have, 
is going to be very aggressive action. And I just felt this connection uh, to the people that were going to rob them and uh, their anger towards wherever they're dealing with in their life. And I had to snap myself out of it, you know. And unfortunately, because I stood there, uh, they decided not to rob the place. I could, I could tell they just said, oh. And the other guy who was scared, too scared to move, <laughs> he stayed there because he was just too scared to move. And I found out that outside was a retired police officer who was watching the whole thing. And I said, why didn't you call the police? He goes, well, I know a little about you. I wanted to see you take action. I got really upset with that. I got upset with the guy behind the counter, uh, internally upset. I got upset with uh, the guy behind the counter because he had an emergency button. And I, things were out of control. They were, there, were, there, was, there was hands waving all over the place. Things were falling off the counter. You know, they were arguing and stuff like that. It was all part of the, the plan to rob the place. And I said, well, to the guy outside, I said, well, did you know the guy had a gun? And people were going to get killed there. And the action I, I may have taken may have, would have taken, may have caused death on these two people, mm. these young people, you know. It was terrible. It was a terrible situation to be in because you had time to think, <laughs> not just react. There wasn't somebody that's pulled a gun out at you and boom, you reacted. There was all this substance. Mm. There was all this material that was happening, all these things that were happening, and I was thinking. And I got out of the realm of st thinking strategically, hey, this is what's got to go down. I saw it, and then I said, I don't want to kill these kids. I don't, wanna, I, I, don't wanna, I don't want these guys to die. I, I didn't want them to live with the idea maybe he's killing his, he killed his friend. And, and I just saw all these lives being affected and destroyed. And, you know, there you go. There's the voices. You know, and what I had to do, no matter what I had to do, is I said, I, I need to take, I need to listen to the voice, no matter what the outcome is, on something like this, and what the reasoning is, right or wrong, for them to be doing what they're doing, I need to listen to the voice that says, you need to take action. So towards that part, all that stuff that seemed to be moving very slowly for me, as my hand is freaking burning off and I'm switching from one hand to the other hand, right? I realized that, okay, I can't have, I can't have hesitation. When I see the move, or I see that move happening, or what's going to happen, I need to go into a combat frame of mind. I need to go into a warrior frame of mind and take action the way that action needs to be taken. Get up from your bed, sit behind the computer, and do your writing. You need to take that action. Bring all those voices with you, but amalgamate them in a way that they're working with you. You can't shut it down. And if I would have shut that down, then I may have delayed action. And there is a possibility, because I saw that, that I may be able to stop something before, you know, the shot went off. But that was a slim possibility in that scenario. Because you really, as your self-preservation for the other people that were in there, when I hit something, it's going to have to be really effective. And when I'm not going to hit them, like, I'm only going to hit them at... 5% or 8% or I'm going to do this, you know, where I'm going to hit or what I'm going to do is got to, it's got to break things since it's got to, and the shots may go off and the other person may pull out a gun. You have no idea what's going to be happening. Action needs to be taken. So I had to shut off and yet work with all those voices, my emotions, everything to be able to take it all and they all have a place, but now we have to work together to make something happen. And man, when you're in those situations, I've been in a lot of violent situations, you know, and you're in that one. But that one particularly uh, resonated well with me because I was much more, had a lot more experience than in the arts and with what I did. And I was truly, you know, effective as far as uh, just my abilities to, um, you know, take someone's life and, uh, and seeing everything that's going down. But... <clears throat> <clears throat> those voices were there. And for a moment, they had me. You know, for a moment, they had me. Like, and mine was compassion and, and for feeling where these other people were coming from. And then I just, I look, I, okay, guys, I hear all of these, but I hear you all. Right. 
but I need we need to work together to, to stop what's got to stop. We also need together, maybe I don't want to get shot in the process of this either. So we need to come together as a team. But they were present. And after I thought about them, I talked, thought about what was happening, I communicated with my universe. And it, it gave me experience, and it allowed me to, to move on from it, to recognize what I need to do in a, if another uh, combat scenario should happen or a situation. The ability to take action. You know? And I think that's what you're talking about, Ben. And you know, we are all socially inept. All of us have chemical imbalances, you know, all of us have, all of us are a bit bipolar, all of us are, have temper, we all have it, and we need to work with it. We need to recognize it, not cure it, and in recognizing it, you do cure it, because it is a part of who and what you are. You should like that, you know? I mean, people like you because of it. You know, they, 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 they bring it all together or they see these are all part of who, what you are. People, you know, see the many different personalities of me, you know, especially when I'm teaching or the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Or <laughs> when they see me turn, they go, well, that's really scary. Like, he, he, that's, not, that's not the Larry Hill I know. That's this guy. I don't want to. He's just a different person. It's just scary. And then, you know, when we start doing different things, and that's understanding your voices. You get all of me, just like you. You get all of you. It's all who you are. They, they're all great. They all have something to say, but you've got to move with all of them. But if you let it cripple you, you don't recognize it, then you never really recognize that you're an alcoholic and that you're addicted to all these different things. And the pleasure centers and the different parts of your brain or the escapes and all the things that we do. And you never really do accomplish anything. All you do is dream about it. You don't ever have the ability to take action and do it. That's why I like the simplicity of the martial arts. Because at least I get you guys to do that. You know? You know, because you know what's cool about the martial arts? You can have all these problems, guys. And this is for the audience and any anybody. What's cool about the martial arts? You come into a class, if you get your ass up and you actually come to a class, and you're working out with everybody, and you, have, you can have a bad day, and in your class you're doing whatever, and then I'll say to you, hey, come out here. Let's bow to each other. Now, I want you to stop this punch. And everything is gone. Everything's gone. All your worries, your problems, your voices, like, everything focus on, I do not want to get hit in the head. <laughs> You know, but I know I'm not going to be able to stop this guy, you know, and, but I'm, everything disappears and it's all the chemistry and everything coming in. So, I mean, that's a, a very small thing of, of it, a very small aspect, but I love, love watching the students' reactions to things. They come in, they're down, they're depressed, they're angry, and all of a sudden when they're moving, it's like everything goes. It's like all of you's there all of a sudden. Like everybody's working together and they're just doing what they're doing. You know, and uh, that's, I, I like the idea that, hey, I'm tired, I'm this, that, and the other, but I'm going to get up and I'm going to practice my form. Or I'm going to get up and I'm going to hit a heavy bag, or I'm going to throw some kicks. It's kind of cool that, you know, you're able to do that. And that, I like that we're dealing with all the voices coming together, you know. But essence, essence is you. You are connected to the essence of creation. But the voices are also you. And you can't just dismiss them or shut them down. You have to be able to listen to them and recognize that they're a part of you. Then, then you can accomplish things. And you guys want to add anything to that, Ben? No, obviously that's... I'll talk about my role very, very briefly in class. My job in class is basically to translate for Seville. Because you have a tendency to talk in abstracts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you ever listen to him and he says, um, I was like, oh, what the hell was I just thinking? Doesn't really matter. But we'll just leave it with action. If you're going to take action, be 100% committed to that action. Yeah, if somebody pulls a knife at you and you say, okay, 
I'm going to defend against that. You, I know you got something to say, but if, no, I I'm going to defend against that right. knife. If you decide that you're going to defend against that knife, you have to be 100% committed about taking out it, like what happened to me in 7-Eleven. Yeah. You know, like I have to be 100% committed to the action that I'm going to take. You can't just partially, if somebody pulls a knife out on you and they say, give me your money. Now, that doesn't really happen to them. They say people just stab you. But let's just say for that scenario, like, hey, they present a knife to you. Wherever you are at or whoever you are in your abilities or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. If your abilities are good, then that person that pulls the knife at you is going to be the one that's going to have the problem. You take a disadvantage, make it to advantage, and now all of a sudden when somebody pulls a knife on me, they're the victim. That's how I look at it. Yeah. You just made a terrible mistake. You know, whether it's a knife, gun, axe, or whatever. You made the mistake here because you got to pay for it. So, like that thing in 7-Eleven. They, they, to me, they made the mistake. I just, they happened to be in the wrong place at the, at the wrong time because I was in the place. And well, they, they didn't follow through, so. They didn't follow through for many reasons, but one, because I stood there. Like, why is this guy, this little white, bald guy standing here? Why is he not leaving? Everybody else is scared to death. He's just sitting there waiting to pay for his tea, you know, which I wasn't. And they said, okay, this isn't worth it. Too many witnesses, too many things going on, let's leave. Right. For whatever the scenarios were. But um, the ability to take action. Somebody pulls a knife out on you and you decide that you're going to do something. You know, like, I do not want to give him my rings. I do not want to give him my money. I do not want to do that, you know. Then I'm going to defend myself against this knife. You've got to be 100% committed to defending yourself against the knife. Because the hesitation that you have, I'm just going to... Take it, if you're not committed to the violent actions that you have to take there, then you're not just threatening yourself, but you're threatening the people that are with you or whatever is going on in that scenario. If you take action, you need to take action, 100% committed. Depending on, and if you have abilities, the action's easier. If you don't have abilities, it's the same thing. If you're just a tough dude or a tough woman, and a guy comes in and he has a screwdriver on your throat and he goes, okay, take your clothes off. Either you take your clothes off and you do what you have to do, maybe you look for opportunities, or I'm not taking my clothes off. I'm, I'm not going to let this guy have his way. I'm going to fight him with everything that I have, and I'm going to be 100% committed to that fight. Even if he stabs me in the throat with a screwdriver, I am not giving into it. 100% committed to what you have to do. That is not an easy thing. But when you decide, you need to decide. You decide to get up out of your bed and get behind your computer and write. You have to be 100% committed to that. And everything you are sits at that desk and your chair, wherever it is, Starbucks, on the floor, or wherever it is. But it's all of you, Ben, Glenn, Speed. <laughs> yeah, well, I like calling him speed because yeah, he does everything fast. You know? Not everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, skip that part, okay? <laughs> and uh, you guys have to, all of you has to be in the soup. It's everything. And that's also how you grow and learn. And that's what you're talking about with doing something with the time that you have. Yeah, what are you doing with it? You know, when you think about your life, what, what do people do? You know, they, they, they most people. You know, they all want uh, financial freedom. We all want right. financial freedom. We all want true love. We all want the perfect relationships, right? And we all kind of work for that type of thing. We want, we want aesthetically to have what we want, materially to have what we want, okay? So, but basically we all follow the same, we're all living the same dream. It's how you process it and what you do in that dream that makes the difference. The many dreams within the dreams. The many voices within the you. So, we... we get our families, we get our houses, we get too old, we can't afford to live in our houses anymore, we move to Florida, we go into assisted living, and we die. Is that what it's about? You know, and in the process, we try to have some fun. You know, we try to do things that make us happy. There's no essence there. It's just... You're just existing. Now, all of that, aesthetically, is all part of the process. But where are you in that process? What's making a difference to you? How are you contributing to you? You know, what are you doing to express who you are through what everybody's living? You know? And, and you know, the world is becoming more like America. 
You know, the world is becoming, you know, the same thing. Everybody wants the same thing. And basically, the older people support the younger people. And the younger people grow up to be the older people and then support their younger people because the older people have the money to buy for the younger people, to put them through college, to do all of this stuff. And the younger people, I want to, I want to, they have all these high ideals that you used to have. Yeah. Mine haven't changed. My ideas are still there. It's just that I have focused them on, on each individual. To me, each individual is important. And if I'm having a conversation with one individual, that's my stage. That's important to me. You know, that means something to me. That um, I feel like I've, as a, as a person, as an individual, have accomplished something. Because that person becomes the most important person to me right at that moment in my life. And I'm there. It's not more important than, you know, this person or that person. Or I like this person. Yeah. It's just that you're important. The universe in front of you becomes my universe. I think that's a really good place to stop, uh, unless you guys have some objections. I think next week we could try looking, uh, talking about expression. Okay. Yeah, expression, that sounds good. All right, bye-bye, everybody. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Grow, learn, teach. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Way of Violent Realization. If you'd like to see or hear more, you can check out the website, systemswithinsystems.com. We have a YouTube channel and a Facebook page that you find the links for. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to our email, sws.kungfu at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe. We're looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you.